1: As the midterm elections approach, Twitter and Facebook are increasing their censorship of Republican voices. Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell plan to introduce yet another budget with zero funding for the border wall. And the publisher of the New York Times complained that Trump's rhetoric is dangerous for reporters. That's the same New York Times that whipped up the Black Lives Matter frenzy that got a dozen cops killed. With these stories and more from the nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is America First Radio's Daily Brief. And thank you for joining America First Radio. This conversation never ends. You can follow us on Twitter at amfirstradio and friend us on Facebook at America First Radio with Jim Dawes. Then you can share it with your friends, start an argument, insult the host, and get early notifications as soon as these shows are posted. America First Radio is broadcast each weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern on the new Mojo 5.0 talk station on Dash Radio and on the Talk America Radio Network, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio. But if you miss a broadcast, you can always listen on demand on your favorite podcast directory, including iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Blueberry, iTunes, Uh, we're all over the web. Or you can just go directly to our website at AmericaFirstRadio.com and you'll find our current broadcasts, plus all the archives. Well, today, uh, the president welcomed Italia, Italy's, uh, prime minister, Giuseppe Conte to the white house. And it was, um, refreshing to see a European leader. that wasn't just a picture of decrepitude and, um, weakness to tell you the truth. And Conte, uh, took office, um, with the, the new government, Italy that took, uh, uh, took over just prior to the G7 meeting there in Canada. Uh, the uh, the coalition is uh, created by the Five Star Party, which is sort of a libertarian uh, technologically advanced, uh, forward-looking party plus the, the Liga, formerly known as the Northern League. Uh, both parties are uh, uh, against these open borders uh, disasters that uh, the rest of the uh, Europe has suffered, and, and uh, Italy was suffering up until their election. Um, they are nationalist in nature. They um, they believe in strong um, nations. They're all euroskeptic, uh, and they won with uh, the largest share of the Italian vote in uh, in a generation. So uh, Italy uh, looks like it has turned itself around and has put itself back on path to uh, save itself. Uh, they've started turning away these um, these uh, people traffickers um, that are disguised as humanitarian agencies. Uh, what's been going on, you're probably aware for, oh, it's been going on for four or five years now, is uh, the... Uh, Illegal immigrants uh, from the African side of the Mediterranean there have realized that if they get themselves on a... Um, they, they, they stuff themselves into a, um, an inflatable raft and they get themselves about 12 miles off the coast of uh, Libya or Morocco, then these, these um, non-profit humanitarian agencies, so-called from Europe will come pick them up and ferry them across the Mediterranean uh, into uh, Greece and Italy and Spain um, and Malta. The, uh, the Italians have finally wised up to this after huge populations of uh, these um, so-called refugees set up camp in Rome and just uh, have wrecked the place. Uh, I think the straw that broke the camel's back was when um, a drug dealer from uh, from Africa beheaded a local Italian girl. Uh, actually, uh, dismembered her, I should say, um, cut her into little pieces and hit her all over the place. Um, and uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back in Italy. Uh, apparently, there is no outrage uh, that will lead the um, the people of Germany and Sweden. Uh, and the other nations of Western Europe, uh, because many of these same types of atrocities, France, uh, have happened there, and worse. And yet, uh, they continue to return these globalists who have uh, very little interest in protecting their uh, their national uh, populations. Uh, um, and so this goes on. But the president uh, was obviously glad to see a a strong ally from Europe, join him there at the White House. Um, they met first at, as I mentioned, at the G7 meeting that took place there in um, in Montreal, I believe it was the G7, not the G8. When Trump mentioned that uh, Russia ought to be attending that meeting because uh, the Western nations had many problems that they need to dealt with, and uh, the uh, Western nations of um, Europe and and the um, United States and Canada did not need to risk losing Russia to the um, uh, Chinese economic bloc. And uh, while he was roundly criticized for that, Giuseppe Conte um, stood up and agreed with him. So <clears throat> it, was, uh, it was good to have, you know, uh, uh, somebody uh, standing behind you uh, when, you, when you are taking all of this abuse, un, unwarranted abuse, I would argue, from the press. Here's a clip uh, of uh, Trump welcoming the Italian prime minister at a, at a press conference today.
2: Okay, thank you very much. It's my great honor to have Giuseppe Conte of Italy. He's a uh, man who's doing a fantastic job. Uh, I really want to thank you very much for being here. We've become friendly over the uh, G7 meetings and some phone calls. And I agree very much what with respect to migration and illegal immigration and even legal immigration. Uh, Italy's taken a very firm stance on the border, uh, a stance that few countries have taken. And frankly, you're doing the right thing, in my opinion. And a lot of other countries in Europe should be doing it also. Some have taken that stance a long time ago, and they're doing a lot better. So I just want to thank you, Giuseppe, for being with us. Uh, it's an honor. We have a lot to talk about having to do with trade, having to do with our military. You're ordering planes, lots of planes. Uh, the United States has a very large deficit, as usual, with uh, Italy, about $31 billion. And I'm sure we'll straighten that out pretty quickly. But uh, we, uh, we find it a great honor to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Thank you. It's a big honor for me, of course. And thank you for this kind invitation. Thank you. Very for much. your warm hospitality. You'll always be treated warmly. Okay. Thank, thank you. you very much, everybody. Thank you. Right.
1: Yeah. This pack of braying wolves that call themselves the press corps has just gotten completely out of hand. You know, the president is trying to uh, entertain and welcome these foreign heads of state. <clears throat> and as soon as uh, the event is over with these, uh, these people in the press, the fake news media, just um, show their butts. They they start screaming and, and refusing to leave the room and trying to shout embarrassing questions at the president of the United States, you know, and uh, CNN um, one of their reporters uh, pulled this stunt uh, last week and got uh, banned from the <clears throat> the following Rose Garden press event, and you would have thought that uh, the, the uh, state had seized all the printing presses in the nation. Um, and all they were trying to do is get them, when the event is over, to leave instead of just shouting... Uh, like a, a pack of brain wolves these these questions. But um, in, in his comments there Trump mentioned that um, Italy will be buying these uh, these f-35 airplanes. Well, that's in question because the new government uh, there is uh, is starting to back away from some of these uh, more militaristic, uh, stances. Uh, they're also talking about uh, bailing out of Af- Afghanistan, and I don't blame them for that. The United States needs to be making arrangements to leave Afghanistan as well. But um, both the, the president and the prime minister agree uh, that, uh, that we should make more efforts to bring Russia back into the, uh, uh, the fold of Western nations, and uh, and that is a very very positive thing. Um, Italy is now joining um, this uh, what started as being known as the Visegrad Group. These these uh, nations, mostly in Eastern Europe, well, they were all in Eastern Europe. The Visigard Group was that uh, uh, recognized the disaster uh, that Angela Merkel had unleashed when she threw open the doors of Europe and and said there would be no limit to the number of, um, of economic migrants and refugees uh, that Europe would accept. Um, Hungary, Poland, uh, Slovenia, and the Czech Republic said, no, thank you. Uh, those were the ones in Eastern Europe that were right on the line uh, of, um, uh, of Christendom and the Ottoman Empire. And they had a long history with this and uh, and uh, a, uh, a long memory as well. So they've now been joined by Italy and uh, Aust- Austria. Um, and uh, there are uh, strong noises being made in Denmark and Norway as well uh, that uh, this is a disastrous path uh, for Europe and, uh, and starting to have second thoughts about all of this. But... Um, we're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, uh, the censorship that's taking place on social media. This is really turning out to be a, a disaster for the Republican Party because um, the the Democrats and the uh, liberals have sort of a lock on the mainstream media. And uh, the only way we can get our message out is social media, and they're trying to shut that down, too. We'll be back right after these messages on America First Radio. Uh, beginning to dawn on the people in the Republican party that uh they're they've got themselves in a terrible position, I would say that about ninety percent of the mainstream media is uh is thoroughly uh in the camp of the left uh, and treats republicans uh, as if they had a um, a third arm growing out of the middle of their head um, actually it's worse than that they are are um, they hate the republicans. And if you don't believe me, uh, all you have to do is uh, thumb through the pages of the major newspapers in this country or tune in to the cable stations or look at the, uh, look at the network news even. Uh, you know, it used to uh, hide itself of trying to go down the middle, and now they've, they've totally uh, abandoned about half of the country uh, in order to just take this adversarial position with this administration and this America First agenda. And everybody's acting like these revelations recently from Twitter, uh, shadow banning people. Actually, they're r- really not that, uh, that recent. Uh, James O'Keefe at Veritas was uh, blowing the whistle on this months ago. I'm going to play you some clips coming up from that. Um, but they're acting as if Twitter has got a-, a lock on this censorship and nothing could be further from the truth. Google, which is the ubiquitous search engine that basically is the portal to the internet for probably 95% of people, uh, installed agor- algorithms um, about a year ago now. To, uh, to they, they said it was to battle fake news. What it was uh, designed to do was eliminate dissenting voices from the uh, mainstream so-called news coverage. Uh, so when you go to the Google now and you search anything, and this is you know I've been doing show prep uh, with Google for years now, and the 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 difference that I saw was pronounced and was like flipping on a switch. Sources you used to be able to find that sort of reflected a spectrum of opinion um, on things you never you 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 have to go page, uh, pages and pages deep to ever get to any of that now everything uh, that is returned is um, is the Washington Post, New York Times, LA Times, Chicago Tribune, uh, San Francisco Chronicle, all uh, the Seattle um, Times or what is it, New Orleans Times Picayune and the Seattle Intelligencer. All of the all of the stuff that uh, parrots the uh, left wing you will see um, Four or five pages deep, before you ever get to anything that reflects a conservative viewpoint, you don't you don't see anything that's coming up um, from uh, Real Clear Politics even, which uh, strives to uh, give a a, a balanced uh, coverage. Uh, they they actually will have. A story on one side, and the next story will be on the other side. The next story will be on one side, the next story will be on the other side. So you don't see any real clear politics searches come up anymore. Um, and I guess, uh, in a way, you know, um, the Drudge Report counter- counterbalances some of that because a lot of people uh, go to the Drudge Report as an aggregator to get their news. But even on the Drudge Report, it seems like uh, the people that are, that are working, um, you know, the posts over there at the Drudge Report uh, seem to uh, like to generate traffic by antagonizing or or putting up stories that uh, are negative uh, to uh, to the uh, Republicans and the right wing. But Google owns YouTube as well. They uh, they went on there and they realized that there were a lot of um, uh, sort of uh, celebrities, video celebrities that were uh, r- arising up there, filling the vacuum that was created by the opposition media, and putting and posting um, YouTube's that would get uh, just thousands, hundreds of thousands of hits, uh, and uh, and they were able to uh, fund this because uh, YouTube allowed them to sell ads um, on the uh, on the channel. Well, YouTube uh, just decided to shut all of that down. That is uh, verboten. That is uh, forbidden speech now. And all of those people that were, uh, you know, uh, fledgling news sources uh, and uh, sources of opinion themselves were demonetized and thrown off the platform overnight. Yet had Facebook. Uh, they, they decided that uh, after they realized that uh, that, uh People in uh, the right side of the political spectrum were able to utilize that platform to, to get their message out. They decided they were going to demonetize all of those, uh, those people and uh, they were basically going to work with the Southern Poverty Law Center and other so-called fact checkers, label all of that fake news and, uh, and make it impossible to find. And so Twitter, uh, Twitter's been doing this all along, but, it, uh, but it's really uh, gotten a lot of attention lately. I- I'll play you a clip here from uh, James O'Keefe. I think this was, um, this was at least six or eight months ago where he did an undercover operation um, and approached uh, many of the engineers and people over there at YouTube, uh, I-, I mean at uh, Twitter, uh, to talk to them about how exactly they went about censoring conservative voices. What forms of
2: free speech does Twitter want to stop from showing up? Former content review agent Mo Narai shed some light.
1: Well, that's a terrible, terrible um, uh, clip. So we're gonna have to um, we're gonna have to uh, put that one back in the archives. But um, the terrible thing about all of this is that um, you know I, I've heard like uh, uh, several. Conservative voices, Devin Nunes, I think even uh, President Trump tweeted out that he's going to look into this because it's illegal. It's not illegal. These are all private companies. They're publicly held, but they're private companies, and they are perfectly within their rights to, uh, to censor voices on their platforms. Now, I would argue, in the case of Twitter at least, these shadow bans that they're putting in effect um, constitute a deceptive trade practice because when you go on these sites like Twitter, basically what you're engaging in is a barter, you are giving them your eyes and your attention, which I know has value because they turn around and sell it to advertisers, but you're giving them the, your, uh, time, your attention. And in return, they're, uh, advertising that they're giving you uh, social engagement. In other words, you're going to be able to engage with the people on the platform. Now, you're keeping your end of the barter. You are giving them your time and attention, but uh, without notifying you, they are um, not keeping their end of the barter because they're denying you the promised social engagement. And I would argue that that's deceptive trade practice. That's a bait-and-switch, basically. And uh, and I would think that there's going to be uh, legal recourse for that. You would be able to... Um, Sue them, at least for your time and effort that you put in on the platform. Let's face it, people, a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into Twitter trying to, uh, to gain a following and get their their opinions and their messages out. And if Twitter's over there shadow banning them without giving them notice, let them, let them know that they're wasting their time because uh, a, li- uh, a lot of people, the majority of people, are not ever going to be able to see their, uh, their tweets it's such a stupid word. Um, then, uh, then, as I said, that's a bait and switch. And I would like for somebody to put together a class action lawsuit uh, to fight that. But the real, uh, the real shame of this, as I said, these these private companies are now in the position of basically controlling the public commons. This is where people people don't go to town halls anymore. They They've withdrawn from civic uh, organizations. They use these social media platforms as a public commons, a place to uh, share their ideas and uh, debate other people. And uh, all of this has fallen into the hands of private companies that uh, use it to advertise uh, to people. But if they're if they're censoring the people that come to their uh, their sites and their uh, opinions not allowed to get out, then you're basically just putting your hand. On the scale of the political um, political uh, debate in this country, and I'm afraid we're on a slippery slope similar to what uh, is going on in Europe, where um, you know you have free speech in name only because if you express um, taboo opinions, you will be uh, you will be silenced. You will be. Um, You'll lose your, you can lose your job You can be ostracized You can even go to jail There's, they, they throw people in jail in England and, and Germany For uh, uh, expressing politically incorrect ideas They come to your house and arrest you we got to run out to a break When we come back we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this uh, situation down on the border Right after these messages on America First Radio So this week demonstrated once again, if you needed any demonstrating, that there are basically two political parties in the, the um, uh, USA. There are the party of open borders, uh, which is all of the Democrats and uh, a goodly number of the Republican Party that uh, depends on big money business donors for reelection. The Chamber of Commerce and in uh, and that crowd who basically see the American nation as a giant uh, shopping mall. Uh, the more cheap labor they can get in here and the more uh, consumers they can get in, the better they like it. The damn country, uh, you know, is an afterthought for them. And then there's the party of, um, of open borders on behalf of the cultural Marxists, uh, the people that, uh, you know, hate whites, uh, the ethnic lobbies, and, um, and the identitarian uh, Democrats. If you don't think open borders is a good idea, well, uh, according to, uh, the prevailing orthodoxy in Washington, you're a racist and you can have your opinion, but you better keep it to yourself. Uh, otherwise, uh, you will be ostracized called a racist and a Nazi. And oh, by the way, don't expect to have any of your political uh, views Uh, represented in the nation's legislature despite the fact that it is a majority view and this last wednesday in the house of representatives uh, at the appropriations committee we saw um, just exactly uh, what's going on uh, with this Uh, the the appropriations committee has got a subcommittee uh, for the department of homeland security and they brought up uh, their, their budget for the upcoming year. They wanted to uh, appropriate $51.4 billion for DHS, which is fine. But um, you may recall a few weeks back, Attorney General Jeff Sessions uh, um, revisited the Obama-era rules granting asylum and decided that this, this uh, uh, practice that they had of granting asylum based on domestic abuse or a fear of gang violence uh, was not in any of the uh, original authorizing legislation so he changed the enforcement rules and took those those two um, things out because basically if all you have to do is show up at the border and say that uh, your spouse has been abusing you or that there are uh, gangs in your neighborhood well that that basically opens the united states up to uh asylum for all of mexico central and south america because uh, you can't prove it's not true it takes place in the case of domestic violence in the um inside the home and uh, as far as gang violence goes basically there's gang violence uh throughout mexico central and south america So it would would make it impossible to enforce the borders. Uh, Everybody would be entitled to uh, asylum. So Jeff Sessions said, no, you can't have asylum in uh, this country unless, as the uh, international treaties say, you have a credible fear of persecution based on your race, religion, uh, nationality, um, political organization. Even that... Uh, lends itself to just unbelievable abuse, but that was not enough for the uh, for these um, sellouts on the Appropriations uh, Committee, the uh, DHS subcommittee of the Appropriations Committee. And one of them, uh, David Price of North Carolina, a Democrat, proposed an amendment to reset the grounds of asylum back to what uh, Obama had uh, interpreted, uh, which was basically open borders and catch and release. As I said, Price is a Democrat, and while you would expect this behavior from him, uh, you might be surprised that uh, the, a Republican from New Jersey named Rodney sign and the chairman of the Homeland Security Subcommittee of uh, uh, Kevin Yoder of Kansas, both spoke in favor of the price amendment and passed it through on a voice vote at a committee. So now, while the President is there trying to tighten up the borders, you've got Republicans in this uh, subcommittee of the Appropriations Committee buried down, you know in the, the bowels of these uh, committee rooms, basically throwing open the borders to anybody who's been coached, on how to give a sob story about domestic violence or, or uh, gang activity in their neighborhood. And the irony about all of that is when they move to this country, um, they bring a lot of that gang violence with them. There was only one member of this committee's uh, 30 Republicans that spoke out against this amendment. <laughs> Just one out of 30. John Carter of Texas, because I guess the rest of them were on the committee were so afraid. Well, first of all, they thought they could get away with it because it was done on a voice vote that's not recorded, and they uh, they hoped that it would never get out. Uh, that you know that uh, that that their subcommittee was the one that that uh, put this terrible amendment in. But John Carter of Texas uh, spoke out against it. So these people are not content with sabotaging the Trump's, uh, Trump's, uh, efforts to tighten up these border controls. These Republicans on the committee, including the chairman of the subcommittee, Yoder allowed three other amendments. Each one of them opened the borders even wider. All three passed on voice votes. And one of these, uh, these amendments was proposed by Yoder himself. It would expand chain migration and employment-based settlement. The other two, both pro- proposed by Republicans, expanded these H-2B visas for low-skilled workers and absolutely uh, taking the, the, the lowest rung on the ladder away from uh, American citizens. The lowest rung on the economic ladder. So way to go, Republicans. That's really what um, what the nation voted for. Uh, in 2016 when they sent Trump to office. We, uh, we did that because we wanted more low-skilled workers to compete with our workers, more chain migration, which is, um, you know, for every uh, refugee or other asylee that, that uh, is able to get through our um, porous immigration system. They, they can bring over um, husband, wife, sister, brother, first cousin, second cousin, aunts, uncles, it's limitless. So the Senate has to pass its own bill and then they have to come to a reconciliation, but, uh, but you know, the Senate has just as many of these, um, traitors to their nation as the house does. Paul Ryan has already said, uh, along with Mitch McConnell, that, uh, they're not going to fund the border wall in this upcoming budget. The president tweeted out that he will shut down uh, the government if they do that. I don't know if he will. He promised to do that last time and capitulated because he said he wanted that money that was contained in that budget for the military. Uh, And this time, the pressure will be on the president to capitulate again because he doesn't want to jeopardize the party's chances in the midterm election. Although I'm not convinced that people wouldn't actually support that. The Koch brothers crawled out of their holes uh, to let you know that they're not going to be uh, funding Republicans this year because the president has been due to, too divisive and they're actually going to throw their money behind the Democrats who can be counted on to vote in a block for these open border policies. Mm-mm-mm. Well, Mitch McConnell, as I said, uh, has joined with Paul Ryan to say that they will not fund this border wall in the, uh, the upcoming September budget. Um, during a radio interview with, uh, on WHAS on Friday, Senate Majority Leader McConnell said the wall will likely not make it into the next funding legislation, which was, must be passed by September in order to avoid another government shutdown. When asked directly if the funding of the border wall would have to wait until after the midterm elections, McConnell replied probably, noting that it is something the Democrats and the Republicans have a disagreement on. Yeah, the Democrats and some Republicans have a disagreement on. I I would say uh, uh, probably uh, about half. Most of the government will be covered, and then at the end of the year, if we can't reach an agreement on that, we'll do what's called a continuing resolution, another one of these CRs. These endless CRs that has got us $20 trillion in debt will be left unpassed in individual bills. So the president's going to have to make a decision whether or not to call these people's bluff. They've been doing this uh, year after year uh, because they know that, um, especially since, you know, the, uh, the, the, the press is so... Um, in the in the pocket of the Democrats, that they will blame the Republicans, they'll they'll be as dishonest as they uh, they require to be in order to blame the Republicans. Maxine Waters, for one, says she is not to, about to pay for this border wall.
2: Well, you know, this president is a bully. And he'll try and intimidate all of us. He's not going to shut down anything. As a matter of fact, people will remember that he said he was going to build this wall and he was going to make Mexico pay for the wall. They said they weren't going to pay for anything. Now he wants the American citizens to pay for this wall. American citizens are not going to pay for this wall. He's not going to shut down the government. And we're not going to be intimidated by his bluffing and his
1: bullying. So who exactly is running the house? Is it uh, Paul Ryan or Maxine Waters? It sounds like it's Maxine Waters. Uh, Paul Ryan couches his uh, rhetoric in much more uh, hushed tones than Mad Maxine, but she's basically uh, the one calling the tune. Uh, she's, she's saying uh, more bluntly, but exactly what Paul Ryan is saying, that they're not funding this border wall, and the president, uh, they don't believe that he will in fact shut down the um, shut, shut down the uh, government uh, if, if they don't So the president out, uh, Tweeted out in response I would be willing to shut down the government If the Democrats do not give us the votes For border security which includes the wall Well we'll see Got to run out to a break when we come back We're going to talk about the um, uh, This uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Right after these messages On America First Radio You know these Democrats got it made. This has got it has got to be the easiest job in the world to promise people that they can have a free lunch. You can have guaranteed housing. You can have free health care. You can have free tuition. You can have a government job at fifteen dollars an hour, and all of this can be paid for by the evil rich people, and uh, and and you won't even have to uh, show up for work uh, if you don't want to, because everybody's entitled to all of this stuff and. If you're too, uh, you know, too lazy to work, well, uh, you're you're still uh, have a right a right to these things, and they've uh, they've dusted off this this tired old discredited debunked economic theory called socialism, and they put uh, uh, democratic in front of it, and they're selling it, uh, and they're they're getting a lot of. Uh, a lot of mileage out of this. They've got the a majority of people under I think it's 25 years old think socialism is just very cool. And uh and it's not surprising because these these kids have gone to school, learned no civics. Uh learned very little in the way of history as far as uh, the Soviet Union or Germany or or uh China. What they've learned is mostly, you know, uh, multicultural uh, history that was designed to make sure that all the identity politics were covered um, and uh, everything else was sort of pushed to the margins. So they don't know that every time socialism has been tried, it it has been a massive failure. They don't see what's going on currently down there in Venezuela because the media uh, loves to turn a blind eye to that. Remember when it was sort of a cause celeb, the socialism that was taking root there in Venezuela and you had um, um, uh, Penn, Sean Penn going down there and all these celebrities meeting with uh, with their uh, little dictator there and they were all uh, talking about how there was this uh, utopia that was springing from the plains of Venezuela. Now that it's collapsed and uh, the predictable consequences have come to pass, media has lost all interest in that and moved on. Before it was all Che Guevara, uh, come to South America. Now it's uh, totally off off of the pages entirely. They've uh, they've convinced um, the younger uh, generation that. Nazis were uh, right-wingers when, in fact, the word Nazi literally means socialist. They don't know. Well, I've got this clip here from uh, uh, One America News, and the reporter says it uh, beautifully.
0: The recent rise of popular leftist figures like Bernie Sanders and now Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez The debate over whether socialism is taking over the Democratic Party has been on many people's minds as they head into the midterm elections. Since the 28-year-old political novice clinched New York's primary in June, analysts have suggested that Cortez's radical politics likely represent the next big thing for Democrats, and could even pose an existential threat to conservatives. Although she is just a candidate, Cortez has been trotted out in the mainstream media to promote her vision of a socialist America.
3: Democratic socialism is about, really, the value for me is that I believe that in a modern, moral, and wealthy society, no person in America should be too poor to live.
0: The Democratic Socialists of America, a rapidly growing group which Cortez is a part of, views capitalism as an oppressive system which has brought about untold suffering and inequality. But what about the ideology they propose?
1: Well, I don't want to let that get by. Actually, capitalism, although it, it has caused um, you know some displacement and uh, and suffering, uh, has also created. Um, the wealthiest um generations in the world in history it's capitalism that has given us all these uh technological advances that uh, we uh we rely on so heavily now and we just sort of take for granted it's capitalism that has increased the life expectancy and uh it's capitalism that has made uh starvation in 90 percent of the world uh a thing of the past Socialism's
0: history reveals the system liberals are touting has actually brought about the worst crimes against humanity in modern history. When Karl Marx's socialism was first implemented in the early 20th century, the overthrow of the Russian monarchy and the establishment of the Soviet Union resulted in 61 million civilians killed. In China, Mao Zedong's Great Leap Forward in 1949 saw 48 million civilians dead, after the oppressive regime killed off entire villages targeting intellectuals, religious people, and capitalists. But perhaps the most notorious example of socialism's impact is from Nazi Germany, a regime which many on the left mistakenly compare to American capitalism, when in fact the name Nazi literally translates to National Socialist Workers' Party of Germany. The party, which originated in part as a way to mobilize workers against free market capitalism, resulted in 20 million killed, including an estimated 6 million Jews. When put together, the series of countries which took on the socialist economic model in the 20th century killed a grand total of over 110 million people in the last 100 years.
1: 110 million people uh, were killed because in order to uh, take people's uh, productivity away from them, you have to break them and uh, and many people will not... Uh, go along with this. They want to rise and fall on their own efforts. They do not want to be made part of the matrix of this big collective uh, that uh, you know state that the that the left envisions. And what's really amazing about this, you know, uh, Cortez has become the it girl for the Democrat Party. Uh, according to Tom Perez, the chairman of the DNC, she is the future of the Democrat Party. Now the Democrats. Uh, that aren't on the uh, the lunatic coasts in California and New York are running from her as hard as they can, and the party's trying to represent uh, that she is just uh, you know um, a part of this uh, big tent that they want to welcome. But the truth of the matter is, socialism is such an intoxicating and um, and uh, a- attractive option uh, for the masses who really don't uh, think uh, that deeply that if it's allowed to get a foothold in the Democrat Party, it will quickly take over the Democrat Party and uh, could stand a very real chance of taking over the country as the country um, slips further and further away from its original founding uh, principles and moorings. So um, even if you're voting for some Midwestern Democrat who seems sort of a mainstream, run-of-the-mill type uh, liberal. What you're doing basically is empowering uh, this uh, this rise of Democrat socialism that really, let's face it, if the DNC hadn't put their fingers on the, sca- on the scale uh, during last year's uh, Democrat primary, I guess it's been two years ago now, the 2016 Democrat primary, if the DNC hadn't... Um, rigged the system uh to uh to cheat bernie sanders bernie sanders very likely would have been the nominee of the of the democrat party trevor noah had uh had cortez on her show and he's uh he's a lefty himself but uh he had the sense enough to ask well how are you going to pay for all this stuff
2: but then the pragmatic side of it comes in, as you said. Mm-hmm. How do you pay for these? You know, you always see people coming in with economic arguments, mm-hmm. and they say, look, these numbers don't really add up. You know, in right. order to get health care for everybody, this is what it would cost. Mm-hmm. That's going to be troubling. Even if you reverse the Republican tax deal, that's only going to make up 5% of what mm-hmm. we need to pay for Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how do you pay for education for all? How do you pay yeah. for all of these, these ideas? So uh,
1: this, is an, this is an excellent. I got to answer that. He, he says, that even if you withdraw the Republican tax, deal that'll, that if you withdraw the publican tax deal the receipts to the government go down not up after the pa- uh, tax deal was passed and uh and the economy uh began to roar receipts tax receipts to the federal government went up not down
3: an excellent question and in fact there's a lot of back of the envelope stuff based on our values so for example i sat down um with a Nobel Prize economist last week. I can't believe I can say that. It's really weird. But but one of the things that we saw is if people pay their fair share, if corporations... She
1: can't even get it out of her mouth, fair share.
3: And the ultra-wealthy... For example, as Warren Buffett likes to say, if he paid as much as his secretary paid, 15%. If he paid a 15% tax,
1: his secretary got a pay or a tax cut, and now they they basically do pay the same.
3: Right? If uh, corporations paid, uh, if we if we reversed the the tax bill but when raised our, our corporate tax rate to 28% which is not even as high as it was before right.
1: then we would again be higher uh, than the nations that we compete with in this uh, this global economy and all of our jobs would go overseas and then everybody could work for the government at a minimum wage of 15 dollars an hour like uh ocasio cortez advocates i mean it, the lunacy will take hold if it is allowed to, and it's, uh, it's a major threat to the future of this country. Well, thank you for joining us. I want to uh, invite you back here again tomorrow for another edition of America First Radio on the Talk America Radio Network.
0: Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five,